Hello, and happy Women's History Month. Welcome to Wonderful Women in STEM. I'm your host, Sarah Elizabeth Denny, and today we will be exploring the life of the one and only Amelia Earhart. In her lifetime, Earhart was able to do many incredible things. She defied gender roles, set multiple aviation records, and even created her own clothing line. However, during one of her historic flights, she was lost at sea. With minimal evidence of a plane wreck or human inhabitants, the question remains, what happened to Amelia Earhart? And what led her there? Born in Atchison, Kansas on July 24, 1897, Earhart defied traditional gender roles at a very young age. She played basketball, took an auto repair course, and later briefly attended college. The Earhart struggled financially after the death of Amelia's grandparents and moved frequently. Amelia finished high school in Chicago in 1916, and eventually, her mother was able to send her to the Ogon School in Rydell, Pennsylvania. During a visit to her sister in Canada, Amelia developed an interest in caring for soldiers who had been injured in World War I. In 1918, Amelia dropped out of school in order to become a nurse's aide in Toronto. After the war, Amelia entered the pre-med program at Columbia University in New York. However, she was forced to leave in 1920 due to her parents' insistence on Amelia living with them in California. It was in California that Amelia went on her first plane ride. She was immediately fascinated. This prompted Earhart to start taking flying lessons and eventually purchase her own plane in 1921, which she nicknamed the Canary. Amelia earned her pilot's license two years later and moved to Massachusetts, where she continued pursuing her interest in aviation. In 1928, Amelia was selected to fly across the Atlantic Ocean as a passenger. After landing, Earhart became an international celebrity. She wrote about her experience on the flight in the book 20 Hours and 40 Minutes, which led to her later undertaking a lecture tour across the U.S. In 1931, she married George Palmer Putnam, who had helped organize the flight. Although she was married, Amelia continued her career under her maiden name. In 1932, she crossed the Atlantic alone and faced many challenges such as mechanical problems and bad weather. Despite her challenges, Amelia finished in a record time of 14 hours and 56 minutes. Later, Amelia published The Fun of It in 1932, in which she wrote about her life and her interest in flying. Earhart also made history with the first solo flight from Hawaii to California, a hazardous route, which is a longer distance than that from the U.S. to Europe. Earhart also became the first person to fly solo from L.A. to Mexico City later that year. Along with being an aviator, Amelia was also a feminist. In her lifetime, Amelia encouraged women to reject societal norms and pursue male-dominant fields, especially aviation. In 1929, Amelia helped found an organization known as the 99s, which still exists today. Amelia also debuted her own clothing line in 1933, which she said was designed for the woman who lives actively. Although Amelia was a very talented aviator, her opportunities were limited and she was confined to a certain place in society simply because she was a woman. During interviews, reporters often asked Amelia about her clothes, favorite recipes, and marriage. Although it was unlikely that her male counterparts were being asked the same questions, Earhart was often willing to oblige. Amelia knew she had power as a celebrity and was determined to use her influence to advance herself and women everywhere. <laughs> Amelia Earhart had become one of the biggest celebrities of the time almost overnight. But now, something would happen that would make all of that change, and not for the better. In 1937, Amelia set out to fly around the world with her navigator, Fred Noonan. 
On June 1st, they began their 29,000-mile journey, departing from Miami and heading east. The pair made various refueling stops before reaching Lai, New Guinea on June 29th. By then, Earhart and Noonan had traveled some 22,000 miles. On July 2nd, the two departed, heading for Howland Island, approximately 2,600 miles away. The flight was expected to be arduous, especially since the tiny coral island was difficult to locate. To help with navigation, two brightly lit U.S. ships were stationed to mark the route. Along with the less-than-helpful destination, Earhart was not in much radio contact with the Itasca, a U.S. Coast Guard cutter near Howland. Late in the journey, Earhart radioed that the plane was running out of fuel. Around an hour later, she announced, We are running north and south. That was the last transmission received by the Itasca. The plane that Earhart and Noonan were on is believed to have gone down 100 miles from the island. An extensive search was undertaken, but the operation was called off and the pair were declared lost at sea on July 19, 1937. Earhart had sent her husband various materials while on the trip, including letters and diary entries. These were published in 1937 in a book titled Last Flight. Although no one knows what really happened to Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan, many have theorized the possibilities of what might have occurred. Number one, the crash and sink theory. The crash and sink theory is one of the most common theories about the mystery of Amelia Earhart. It is set in the belief that the plane ran out of gas and then crashed into the open sea. Although this is a common theory, several investigations have attempted to locate the plane wreckage but have all failed. Number 2. The Gardner Island Hypothesis The International Group for Historic Aircraft Recovery, or TGAR, believes that Earhart and Newman veered off course from Howland Island and landed on Gardner Island which was uninhabited at the time. Navy planes flew over the island a week after the disappearance. They noted recent signs of habitation, but n found no evidence of an airplane. Tikar believes that Earhart and Noonan may have survived for days or even weeks on the island before dying there. Since 1988, several Tigar expeditions to the island have turned up artifacts and evidence in support of this hypothesis. Evidence includes a piece of plexiglass that may have come from the plane's window, a woman's shoe dating back to the 1930s, improvised tools, a woman's cosmetic jars from the 1930s, and bones that appeared to be part of a human finger. In June 2017, a Tikar-led expedition arrived on Gardner Island with four forensically trained bone-sniffing border collies to search the island for any skeletal remains. However, the search turned up no bones or DNA. In August 2019, Robert Ballard, the ocean's explorer known for locating the wreck of the Titanic, led a team to search for Earhart's plane in the waters around the island, but they saw no signs of the plane. There are countless of other conspiracy theories about Earhart's disappearance. One theory says that Earhart and Noonan were captured and executed. Another theory claims that the pair served as spies for the Roosevelt administration and assumed new identities upon returning to the United States. No matter what theory you believe in, or if you have one of your own, 
What happened to Earhart and Noonan on that fateful day remains a mystery. Although we might not have information about what happened to Amelia Earhart when she went on that flight, her legacy still continues to inspire and motivate young women today. And that is it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Wonderful Women in STEM and learned something new. This is your host, Sarah Elizabeth, signing off. Have a great Women's History Month. Thank you.